All right. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Very good. Well, thank you for coming out in the frozen tundra known as Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. Again, we are hoping uh, to blast some heat. Um, hopefully we can continue to invite friends. This is one of those Bible studies, um, both um, Sunday morning and um, Tuesday night at the mine, that we will definitely go deep. We're definitely going to try to go places where maybe we haven't gone before, but it's also one of those that someone can come to that doesn't know anything about the Bible. So this is a great opportunity um, to invite friends. Um, so everyone doing well? Yeah. All right, so th- this class is officially called Sunday Morning Elective. So we're, we're incredibly creative with that. Um, the reason why we didn't call it Journey 180, we didn't want to confuse people thinking that this was the only um, place for that. Everyone should have one of these. Okay, so the, so the Journey 180 basically is an, a, an idea to go through the next five months and walk through the Bible. We're going to walk through it chronologically, and it's going to be more of a historical survey. Uh, we are not going to be taking too much time going into like the prophets, the major prophets, the minor prophets. We're just going to be following down a timeline. We will show you where all the prophets, whether it's Isaiah or Jeremiah, where they fit into the timeline, what king they were associated with, but we are really going to try to follow history. Um, one of the main goals um, with this whole timeline is to really put six signposts in everybody's mind. Six different signposts separated by about 500 years. So if you open your Journey 180, right at the bottom, you sort of see these signposts. And we'll be referring to these quite a bit. Okay, so a couple other questions that people have asked about Journey 180. If I go to the mine and I also go to Sunday morning, will is it going to be the exact same stuff? No, it is not. Okay, both of them are going to be following... Um, the timeline, we're going to both be going through the Bible chronologically. On the back of this, you can see the topics um, and the order and the dates that we will be having. So make sure you look at this calendar because there are a couple times where um, we will not be having the mine. Um, and I believe there's also one time possibly where we're not going to be here on Sunday morning. So make sure you refer to that. And you'll see how both of them go from beginning to end, but they'll all, they both sort of hit different little topics. Okay, so if you do both, that's just that much more. Um, the, high, the idea of 180, um, obviously the first one is to turn around and start um, following God, but we've basically given 180 boxes, 180 opportunities, moments with God over the next five months. A lot of those moments happen within the reader, the daily reader, and these are just chapters. We don't say that you only read one chapter. You can read more, but these are the basic chapters, and this follows along with the study um, as much as uh, humanly possible. And so there's quite a few boxes there that will take us all the way through, I believe, May 24th. Yep, May 24th. Um, on the back, there are some other boxes. If you attend the mine or you attend Sunday morning, those are other moments that you can spend and study. And then there's just a couple of fun things. Um, number one, Second Saturday. We quite a few people at Second Saturday yesterday. This is the once-in-a-month opportunity um, to not merely listen to the Word, but do what it says, to get out and be the hands and feet of Jesus in the local community. So we have five of those options. Um, we have the Comedy Night, which will be um, starting to be advertised fairly soon here at Cornerstone. It's part of the Ignite Conference. And the comedian's name is Michael Jr. He's been on Letterman Leno. He is unbelievable. So look Michael Jr. up, and you definitely want to 
and get your tickets early for that. We're going to be doing a Last Supper walkthrough on April 18th. That's um, Good Friday. And basically, we're going to open this up to anybody and everybody that wants to come, but we're going to be experiencing exactly what happened the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. So we're going to eat food together. We're going to eat that exact same food, talk about what that means, what that represents. Then we're going to walk through um, Jesus as he, him and his disciples headed to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, we're going to be walking through those moments and then really pick up where Passion of the Christ starts, the movie, and walk through the seven unfair trials, talk about why they were unfair, walk through that whole scene, walk through the crucifixion leading all the way up, and hopefully it's going to prepare our hearts um, for, for Easter. So there will be food, there's going to be a lot of worship there, and it's going to be just like a mine on steroids for that Friday night. So it should be um, a lot of fun. And then, of course, Friend Day. Friend Day is a big focus. Um, we want to invite as many friends possible to friend day this year so those are the 180 moments that we have um, to spend with god so journey 180 the whole idea again of the timeline we said we're gonna we're gonna put these um six characters these six characters aren't not are not necessarily the most important figures i mean jesus would be but the the most important figures in the bible but they all happen to be around 500 years apart from each other so if we can just get those 500-year signposts in our head, it'll make it easy to put everything in order. So when we look at David, which is about 1,000 years um, B.C., we can go, oh, well, Solomon was his son, so he must be just this side of the time. So we can start putting things in order. Because when I, I remember growing up, one of the hardest things for me to do when I first looked at the Bible, number one, it was big, boring, and confusing, and so I really didn't want to read it. And when I started reading it, I really didn't understand it. It just didn't really make sense. I couldn't figure out. It wasn't, the Bible's not in chronological order, so all of a sudden we were jumping up in history, jumping back in history. Who's this person? Who's Job? Where's he at? Who does he relate to? Um, you would think, as you look in the Bible, well, Job must be around David, but actually Job's a contemporary of Abraham, which is a thousand years prior. And so really trying to put these things in order, trying to figure out what they mean, and ultimately why they're there. Why are these characters in the Bible and there's no mention of things that are happening in China or Northern Europe or the Western Hemisphere. Why are these characters so important? So we're going to walk through that, and then hopefully that'll help as, as we continue on. But again, it's a historical study, so we're going to be moving on through the years. Everybody cool with that? All right. So let's go ahead. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to pass these out, and this is going to scare you because you're going to go, oh my gosh, this is history class. This is a test. But trust me, this is a fun test because we're not grading it. All right? So what we're going to do, um, we've got 10 different famous events that happened in history. We want you to put them in order, okay? Now, for those of you who think you're cool and having your smartphone on your lap, you're just cheating and making Jesus cry. So don't do that, okay? So put these in order from first, put number one would be the oldest to the most recent, Okay, and then on the bottom, all you have to do is draw a line, match these statements or events to the person it's associated with. So over the next five minutes, go ahead and do that. We all did. All right, so we're going to use the number one as the oldest on there. Which one? Okay, here we go. We're moving. We're moving effectively here. All right, number two. Titanic, okay, good. Number three. Good. Number four. 
No, we're not the crusader yet. Okay, Japanese. Okay, good. Number five. Okay, Hiroshima. Number six. Okay. Number seven. Good, thank you. Good. First man walks on the moon. Number eight. All right, yep, that's me. All right, number nine. And number ten. All right, how'd you guys do? How many got all ten? Or how many groups? Good job. How many need to watch the History Channel? Good, all right. Now, bonus question. Anybody actually pin the dates, or the day, or not the days, but the, the years? Did pretty good? All right. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. How did you guys figure out what went where? Okay, someone raise your hand. Okay, timeline. Okay, so you sort of had a mental timeline. Okay, Any, anybody else? Huh? 1972. So I'm just, um, yeah, some of you just got sad. <laughs> oh, they'll teach you. All right. Yeah, 1972, graduated mighty class of 90. So, yeah, so I'm right after 1969, which was um, First Man Walks on the Moon. 1963 was John F. Kennedy. Let's we'll start at the top. 1929 was the Wall Street crash setting off the Great Depression. 2001, for most of us, that'll be burned in our memories. 1986, Space Shuttle Challenger explodes. How many remember that, where you were? Okay. 1972, 1969, 1963. Hiroshima, remember the date? 45. All right. Abraham Lincoln. 1863. Good job. Okay. Hey, if you can get within two years, will you start going back that way? The Titanic sinks in North Atlantic. 1912. Okay, good. Oh, Pearl Harbor. The day that lived in Esme. May remember? 41. Okay, good. All right, so. So a couple things that we need to understand about timeline, because this will help us understanding the Bible. Number 10, 2001. What date was that? September 11th. In fact, some people might even be able to give us the time, Eastern time. So the closer the event is to us, the more easy it is to remember the year, the situation, some of the events surrounding it. The further you get back in history, all of a sudden the dates start to lose us a little bit for two reasons. Number one, it's further back in history. Number two, and most importantly, it's harder for historians to actually pin a date. Okay, especially when we start getting in, into biblical history and history of antiquity. All this is within the last 100, 150 years. But once you start getting 1,000 years removed from our situation, 2,000 years removed, 4,000, and we'll talk today a little bit, how far actually back do we go um, in the Bible? Some of the easy ways to remember things, and you guys were probably talking about this at your table, you start to remember ev the events, um, you start to... Um, Say, okay, well, I know Reagan was the president when this happened, so it has to be here. So you start remembering people, 
Then you remember those people associated and what years they, they reigned. We'll say that for Reagan. He was king for eight years. Okay? So the challenger had to be within an eight-year span. Okay? Lincoln, okay, but well, I don't remember when he was shot, but I know it was right after the Civil War, and, and I might know when that is. And so we start grabbing events and start putting things together to start making sense of timelines. Some of them are, are easier. Well, I, I know um, the bombing Hiroshima ended the American involvement in World War II, and I know the bombing of Pearl Harbor ushered in the American involvement, so obviously that has to be ahead. So as we go back in history... We've got to start looking at certain key figures, hence the timeline. Because as we go back 100, 200, and we start going way back, a lot of things just disappear off the... How many know who the most famous actor was in the 1700s? Yeah, how many can name an actor in the 1700s? How many can name a musician? Okay, so... The further back in history we go, all the things that we think are really cool and popular now disappear off the pages of history. And the things we remember typically are major events, disasters, wars, and kings, leaders. And we start putting things in, in order that way. Okay? How many have already done the matching? Okay? Let's walk through that. Nero is what? Settled while Rome burnt. Salem. Okay. George Washington. Okay. Chopped down the cherry tree. Betsy Ross. Marie Antoinette. Thomas Edison. Paul Revere. Okay. So that's good. So we sort of remember some of these people or places because of some of the events that happened, some of the statements that are said. But here's one other thing we're going to warn you about history. Can I tell you, everything we just read there, none of it actually happened as attributed to those people. They're all myth. They're all extra history maybe. But they didn't really happen. Okay? There is no proof anyhow. Nero, there is absolutely zero proof in history that he fiddled while Rome burnt. In fact, for the first half of the Roman fire, he wasn't even near Rome. He didn't arrive until later. The other thing is, it probably wasn't a fiddle anyway. If he would have been playing a musical instrument, which historians, especially the Roman historian Tacitus, says he wasn't. He was actually helping save people, which is weird, okay, because he's evil. Um, but he was actually helping pull people out. So if he, but if he was, it would probably been a lyre or something like that, a harp. It, it probably wouldn't have been a fiddle. Um, Salem, there were absolutely no witches burned in Salem. All, they did have witch hunts, but they hung them all. Okay? They hung them all. So the whole myth of witches burning sounds great. It makes a good story. Stephen King will jump on stuff like that, but it's not necessarily true. So sometimes there's half-truths, but then things have been added, legendary tales. That's really important when we look at the Bible because there are a lot of things in the Bible where you go, is that real? And then you compare it to other history, and you've got to compare what, what's legend, what's myth, and all that. Um, George Washington, there is no evidence that he ever chopped down a cherry tree when he was young, and then his father, in seeking who did it, finally asked him, was it you? And because he was honest George Washington, he couldn't tell lies. That, that is also um, most likely a myth. Okay, um, After George Washington had 
um, retired his presidency. Um, he was the first president, obviously, who came off of England. And there was a big movement to sort of um, deify him, actually, to make him greater than what he actually was. And George Washington was a great guy. But a lot of these myths get added on. Okay? Um, Betsy Ross. It is true she made American flags. There is no evidence that she was called specifically to make the first American flag or she had anything to do with how it looked. Okay? So she was a flag maker, but um, the rest of it's a little bit of a myth. Marie Antoinette never said that the meat cake. There is no evidence. It's possible. I mean, maybe she whispered that to someone. But again, this is stuff that was added by her enemies to make her look that much more callous. Okay? And we get that in today's um, uh, uh, modern history, things that are said about the Democrats, yeah, not always true. Things that are said about the Republicans, not always true. There's always a side that's trying to deify or trying to deify one side and make the other side look evil. So we see that in politics all the time. Okay, Thomas Edison did not invent the light bulb. It was invented about 40 years before. Um, Thomas Edison stood on the shoulders of a lot of genius, but he did not invent the light bulb. He's still a great a great inventor and stuff, but he was not the one that invented the light bulb. Paul Revere. And by the way, keep in mind, over half of these are in school history books. Okay? Okay? Paul Revere did not do the ride like it's told in history. That was, that was a little bit of addition. Paul Revere was one of about 41 people that rode through the streets. They did not yell the British are coming. That would have been a stupid thing to yell when there's British, British soldier places everywhere. Okay? Soldier places, that sounds very historical right there. Um, so um, he did not um, um, yell out um, those statements. He did make a ride, whether it was at midnight, probably not. Um, so a lot of these things, again, don't always take someone's word for it. We said this at the mind. Do not trust everything I say. Make sure you look it up. But even then, make sure you're looking it up and studying it from reputable sources. Wikipedia is not one of those. Okay? All right? The notes in your Bible are not always accurate. This, this kills people. You have, some of you have study Bibles and you have notes down at the bottom or you have notes in the margin. Most often those are accurate, but those are basically just commentaries that have been added to your Bible. Those are the opinions, like if you have an NIV study Bible, that's the opinion of the publishers of Zondervan. Okay? Those aren't inerrant. Those could be wrong. The maps in the back of your Bible could actually be wrong. Okay? I don't want to scare you because most of it is accurate, but again, the words of the Bible that are inerrant without error are within the text of Scripture, not the, the added sections. Does that make sense? All right. All right, so we're going to um, talk about one other thing that we need to understand about the Bible and why it's so important to, to understand it. How many have ever heard, God helps those who help themselves? That's not biblical. That's not in your Bible. How many have ever heard, cleanliness is next to godliness? Not in your Bible. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Not in your Bible. Money is the root of all evil. Not in your Bible. The love of money. Okay. The lion shall lay down with the lamb. Not in your Bible. Spare the rod, spoil your child. Spoil your child. Not in your Bible. Okay. All the yes, <laughs> You got it burned on that paddle. <laughs> All things work together for good. Not in your Bible. 
God moves in mysterious ways. Okay, good songs down in your Bible. Okay, pride comes before the fall. Mostly correct, not in your Bible. Not read that way. Okay, we are all God's children. Not in your Bible. That is a false statement. Okay, we are not all God's children. Those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are God's children. Okay? So, a lot of these things that we've come to grow up with, just like some of the tales from history that we, that has to be true, might not always be true. Okay? So, let's look at the whole dating scheme. Um, open your, and I'll give you these dates real quick. How many of you have got the uh, timelines there? Those signposts, the names that we've put there for you, we've got... Um, Noah, which we've marked at about 2,500 B.C. We've got Abraham, that's about 2,000 B.C. We've got Moses, that's about 1,500 B.C. We've got David, that's about 1,000. We've got Daniel, that's about 500 and we got Jesus that's right about one. Now, let me tell you about that. I put those in the signpost just at about 500 years. Those dates are not accurate. Okay? They're they within a couple years either way. Some of them can be within 100 years. Okay? But it's a general idea of where these people lie. So don't go, hey, I thought Jesus was, was 4 to 6 B.C. That's actually correct. Yes, he was born 4 to 6 B.C. Okay? And we don't know the actual year that he would have died. It could be anywhere between 29 and 37 AD. Okay? Um, Daniel wasn't exactly at 500. Um, David was, he's actually, David's actually pretty close to 1,000. Um, Moses, depending on, on which um, chart you look at, could be either side of that. Um, um, Abraham, and again, the further back you go, the more sketchy the dating gets. Okay? Because there's no one alive today <laughs> that was there. And then, as what's the major event associated with Noah? Okay. Anything pre-flood, good luck. Good luck I'm trying to figure out a date. And we'll get, um, um, when we talk about creation, we'll get to, well, how old is the earth? How old, and there's a difference of opinion that spreads about 14 billion years. So, um, so we'll, we'll, walk, we'll walk through that piece. But if you just remember those, those basic, basic um, dates, um, that should um, help you out um, quite a bit. All right, so let's look at... Um, one second, let me get to the, the notes. Oh, by the way, when was the Declaration of Independence? When's our Independence Day? July 4th, even though the, independ- the Declaration was signed August 2nd and it was ratified July 2nd. So again, another... Another example of where history can be really skewed. All right, so let's look at, um, open your Bibles. <laughs> Those at the mine are going, yay! Okay, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1.
Um, now we're going to really test my, test my knowledge because my notes aren't here. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, obviously, is the first um, book in your Bible. And we're really going to focus on chapter 1, verse 1. Um, we will get to creation on the next, uh, next study. Um, Genesis, um, as with the first five books, um, most um, biblical historians attribute the authorship to Moses. Um, Genesis chapters 1 and 2 deal with creation. Okay? So a lot of skeptics will say, hey, the Bible's wrong because there's two creation accounts. That's not true. Um, Genesis 1 is more of a floodlight type creation account. It sort of gives you a broad scope of the creation. Um, Genesis chapter 2 brings that into... Yes, oh, I'm sorry, hand those out. Um, Genesis chapter, chapter 2 really does more of a spotlight and focuses in on one aspect of creation, that's the creation of man. Um, Genesis chapter 3 walks into the fall of man. Um, Genesis 4 talks about the Cain and Abel. Um, Genesis 5 through 11 starts following um, a timeline. And it will follow that timeline, and when it gets to an important character, it will take a pause, like it does with Noah, and tell you about that story. And then it will follow right back into the timeline, take a pause, let me tell you about the Tower of Babel. And then it will follow right back into the timeline, all the way to Genesis 11. Genesis chapter 1 through 11 is the foundation of the entire Bible. Okay, it's the origins of creation, origins of man, origins of government, origins of ethnicity, race, all everything... Um, as far as beginnings go, happens in Genesis chapter 1 through 11. And then Genesis chapter 12 through the rest of the Bible is the story of one man and his family and their descendants. So we pick it up in Genesis chapter 12 with the story of Abraham, which would put us about where? 2000 B.C. Okay? And then it just follows that thread okay? because the promised Messiah is coming through Abraham's line. So it's just going to follow Abraham's line all the way to Jesus. Okay, you'll see that picked up in Matthew, the first chapter. You'll see that line. Okay, and so everything that touches that line is talked about in the Bible. The entire Old Testament is following this messianic line, the bloodline of Christ. If it does not touch that line, it's not in the Bible because the Bible is about the revealing of Christ. The Bible is about revealing who the Messiah is. So everything in the Old Testament points towards the cross. Everything in the New Testament points back to the cross. The cross is the central point in all history. Okay? So that doesn't mean God doesn't love the Chinese or God doesn't love the Northern Europeans or what was happening down in Australia or in the Western Hemisphere. It just doesn't have anything to do with, with the timeline. Does that make sense? Okay? As we talked about um, um, Tuesday night, um, the Bible is 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Um, they're written by about 40 different authors. Um, ranging from fishermen to kings. Um, they're written on three different continents over a span of about 1,500 years. Okay? There's, some of them are historical books, some of them are poetry, some of them um, are autobiographical or, or biographical, autobiographical, prophetic. So there's different styles of writing, different genres in writing. But again, all of them point to Jesus. In fact, in every book in the Bible, you can see some kind of reference to Jesus. Okay? So, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, because the first verse, especially the first five words, are incredibly important. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, in the beginning, okay, what does that tell us? Huh? Okay. 
Yeah, it was first before everything. In the beginning, God. So not only was God there in the beginning, he also created. Okay? So in the beginning, way back, before time, here's God. And we don't have this God that's just not involved. He is a personal creator God, so he created. Okay? Who else was there in the beginning? Yeah, so we look at John 1.1, 1, 1, and we find out that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So Jesus was there, because we find out Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among men. So God the Father was there at the beginning. God the Son was there in the beginning. Who else was there? Yeah, yeah, we see that in verse 2, the Holy Spirit. So in the very beginning, before creation, there was God. There was the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What day was that? <laughs> yeah, February 1st. <laughs> was that your birthday or something? No, okay. Um, we have no idea, okay? Again, when we go back this far in history, we have no idea. So we will talk about it at a later time. Could, could this have been, could the universe be as old as, I think the modern, I think it's up to about 14.3 billion years could it be that old, or is it a little newer? Is it maybe only ten to 16,000 years old? Um, is, is, is Earth millions of years old, or is it maybe only 6,000 years old? So we, we don't know, and we'll, we'll talk about um, the differences in that. So you, you look at this um, um, up at the top of the guideline here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth. You see what... Uh, see the Hebrew statement for that. Okay, um, and you've got to be careful how you say it. As um, Bereshith um, is the Hebrew word for in the beginning. Elohim is the Hebrew word for God. And the one thing I want you to pay attention there, Elohim is plural. So when it talks about Elohim, it's always talking about a plural God, a plurality, this, this triune God, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bara means created. Now, we're not going to walk through Hebrew through everything we do, but a lot of these words are very important to understand because they'll be repetitious throughout the Old Testament. The heavens, uh, Shamayim, and the earth, Eretz. Down below, you see this Kalam cosmological argument. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk, let's go back to this timeline again. What does B.C. mean? And what does A.D. mean? Because you see those a lot. So before Christ and, okay, Anno Domini, okay? Now, um, some people would say maybe it's after death, and, and for years that's what I thought too, but then that would leave us about a 33-year gap where there is no anything, what, what's in, in, in that between area. So B.C. meant um, before Christ. Now, I could probably ask the 5th and the 7th graders, what B.C. and A.D. mean, they might not know because it's been erased off the textbooks, okay? It's now called B.C.E., Before Common Era, and C.E., Common Era. So you look at all the textbooks today, um, whether it's in um, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, it'll be um, Before Common Era, and then Common Era, okay? Anno Domini, by the way, means the year of our Lord, okay? So, why... Do we believe that Jesus was probably born 4 to 6 B.C. or B.C.E.? When for years he was supposed to be the focal point that 
switch those two. Because when that was first done, about 300 years after his death, when we started going with the new calendar and they started attributing everything at the cross, they were actually wrong. And so historians have come back and went, oh, he couldn't have been born at zero. He had to have been born four to six. The reason why they know that is because you go into the Bible and it talks about who was, who was reigning, who was the king during the birth of Jesus. Well, that person died 4 BC. So he obviously had to have been born in that time. So again, as we go back in time, timelines tend to get harder to pinpoint years. As we get into different cultures, especially as we rub shoulders with the Egyptian culture, timelines are really, really hard because Egyptians don't even know their own history. Their history is so messed up um, as far as when things happened, which pharaoh was in what dynasty. Sometimes they have four different pharaohs, which turns out there was actually one pharaoh for all four of those. And they're going, oh my goodness, we've got four different times. So those things get hard. Plus, what's on your coins now? What does it say? Yeah, God, we tried 1972, Penny, 1979, for those of you who love the movie, Somewhere in Time, uh, maybe in 1986 or whatever. And so we go, oh, okay, this penny's that old. Well, there are, there are no coins ever found that have 243 BC, okay, or, or 570 years BC, because when those were minted, they would have known, wouldn't have known that it was actually before something that it was coming. So everything before Christ or before Common Era always was attributed to who most likely was in reign. So in the fourth year of king, fill in the blank. In the fifth year of queen, fill in the blank. And that's how they judge. But the problem is the fifth year of this king is the 17th year of this king. And so it's really, 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 really confusing. Okay? So, so when we look at those, you've got to really pay, pay attention um, um, to that. So let's look at the very beginning of time. Um, before anything was created, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? What do the heavens mean? Okay? The heavens basically means outer space. Okay? Outer space. There's three different heavens that are talked about in Hebrew culture. The first one is sky, which is our, what we would see where the birds fly. The second heaven typically talks about outer space, and the third heaven is what we would commonly know as the dwelling place of God. And so those words in Hebrew are interchangeable. So you don't always know which one it's referring, um, referring to. Um, this is actually talking about everything. The completion of all the heavens was, was created in the beginning. The first verse is sort of a thesis statement for the rest of the chapter. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it will spend... Um, the, next, the remaining part of the chapter talking about the separation of days. Well, on day one, this piece was created. On day two, this piece was created. Okay? But the first verse is talking about the entirety. Okay? So, Kalam cosmological argument is this. Whatever began to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Logically, therefore, the universe has a cause. Okay? This is a very popular argument um, called the cosmological argument that states that if number one and two are correct, 
Logically, three has to follow for anybody who has taken logic. Okay? So whatever began to exist has a cause. So let's look at, at the universe. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created. So whatever begins, so the Bible says, everything had a beginning. Okay? And that cause was who? God. Okay? This is important because for years, scientists thought that the universe did not have a beginning. And so when we were talking about, well, yeah, in the beginning, God, they, they would laugh. They're like, there was no beginning. The universe has always, always existed. Until the early 1900s, when guys like Hubble, and then later on, when Einstein started picking at that, and all of a sudden we discovered, and scientists universally agree now, the universe actually does have a cause. Okay? Now, scientists aren't going to say it was God. The universe has a cause. So maybe it was the, what's the big bang? Maybe it was this cosmic sneeze and everything came from that. Okay? Came from this one singularity. They still haven't answered what caused that singularity and, and all that, but we'll get to that later. So... Whatever began to exist, so we know the universe began to exist, has a cause. So we know the universe has to have a cause. Has to have a cause. Okay? The universe began to exist, so we understand that. Therefore, the universe has a cause. So we need to now find out who is this cause? Who is this cause? Is it, is it logically acceptable to say that God is the cause? Okay, the cause of a logical argument does not at any state, say it's the Hebrew God or the Christian God. In fact, the Kalam cosmological argument came out of Islam. Because Islam is also trying to prove that God created the universe. It's just not our God. But it's a phenomenal argument. It's very philosophically and logically sound. So, as we look at the very first um, verse in the Bible, it answers the cosmological argument. And so now we need to go, is God more acceptable to my mind than maybe Vishnu or Ra or Odin? And I know Odin's really big right now. Um, or, or any of these other gods. Could, could Thor have been the cause? Um, so we've got to figure out which one makes sense. And that's where we start getting into the myth, legend, or reality pieces. Does the Bible hold up to history? Is there a nice historicity to it? Does the Bible prove itself? Does the Bible contradict itself? Okay? There's a lot of people that will say, hey, the Bible contradicts itself. We see that in the first two chapters. Okay? Well, the Bible has two creation accounts. Well, the more you study the Bible, you go, oh, wait, that's not two creation accounts. So what do we have to do as we study God's Word to start putting the proper pieces together? Not only understanding the timeline, but to be able to answer some of the skeptics. Because ultimately... Why do we want to read the Bible? To discover Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Bible reveals God's plan for humanity. Okay? It gives us a history. Okay? Genesis literally means origins. It gives us a history, a starting point, and then it follows that messianic line. And so we want to understand, and not just take someone's word for it, because that can get dangerous, as we saw earlier on in the class. We want to understand, not only do I believe the Bible, but I, I can sort of back it up. I, I can start to back up these things. The Bible has never been proven wrong. The Bible has never been proven wrong. Okay? For years, 
scientists would say one thing and all of a sudden we go, oh wait, the universe did have a beginning. For years the scientists said the earth was flat. Okay? And unfortunately the church ended up following that. Which is astonishing. Because the Bible says the earth is round. And we'll show you where it says that. Okay? For years um, they talked about the two, two creation accounts. For years, they said, well, it's impossible for a large fish to swallow a man. Until a whaling boat grabbed a whale and out came a man who was still alive. And, and so there's a lot of things. You know what? Sodom and Gomorrah doesn't exist. Well, archaeologists found it. Okay? And so a lot of times we've got to allow the Bible to prove itself. And, we, and I'm going to challenge you. Start at least with, I mean, we want to, you want to challenge, you want, you want to question the Bible. The Bible says, says to be inquisitive, to... Um, to put it to the test, don't put God to the test, but put scripture to the test, make sure it's true, make sure uh, uh, it verifies. But, but don't start with the Bible has to be wrong. Start with, okay, you know, I'm going to believe the Bible until I'm proven otherwise. And trust me, you'll go a long, you'll go a long way um, in, in your study of the Bible. So, in the beginning, God created um, the heavens and the earth. Okay, so that puts us right up to where we're going to... Um, head up to on the mind, which is creation. What we're going to talk about um, Tuesday night are the six actual days of creation. Of course, God rested on the seventh day. Um, just to give you a little head start, um, the six creations, it's easy to remember. There, there are three days that sort of give us a background. And then the next three days fill in each one of those backgrounds. So day one, what was created? No. God said, let there be light. Okay. Now this light comes from God because the sun wasn't created until day four. Okay, so um, God creates the background, and then on day four He'll insert the players. On, on, on day two, God will create the background. There will be a separation, which will create sky, sky and water, and then He'll insert the characters in day five, the, the fish and, and the birds. On day three, He'll create the background as, as the waters spread this way, and we have dry land. And then he'll insert the characters on day six. So we'll talk about creation. We'll talk about another um, um, issue that is going to um, be happening. Um, one of those skeptical issues that sort of looks like the Bible contradicts itself, and it actually does not. So we'll walk walk through those pieces as well. Um, as you can see, give Ron a big hand back there. He's recording the Sunday morning um, journeys. So these will be on... On podcast, I believe we'll be able to find them just at the mind page is where we'll find them, or we'll let you know where we'll find those. And then the mind is also podcast as well. So if you can't do the mind, you can only do this. We'll definitely um, watch those. Um, I will, if there's something major, major that you have to know, we'll definitely bring it down on Sunday. And then we'll do the same thing. We want you to invite friends. Now today we've got to end a little early because I've got to go do um, child dedication um, right after this and. I can't be late. You guys know Christine Wyckoff? I can't be late. So I got... Okay. So, but we want to open it up for some, some, some questions. Make sure, again, you guys have your timelines. Study, the, study those timelines. Um, start to put those in your memory. Um, who was where? Right, any questions right off the bat? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I, I will try to see if that's possible. We'll see if we can actually maybe put a PDF or something up on online that maybe you can download. 
But every handout we hand out at the mine will we'll bring on Sunday when we get some tables to put in. So all those will be here on Sunday mornings. Um, what we did today, we'll hand out um, um, this Tuesday at the mine as well. So both classes will have those um, there. If there's some, something that maybe we're not necessarily covering but was an important piece um, in the reader, I'll, I'll we'll definitely point those out um, as well. Okay? All right, any, any, other, any other questions? And we definitely want to bring friends. We'll di- we're going to get some more tables. Um, Sunday morning will typically be a little longer of a study than on the mine because we, we won't have the worship piece right off the bat and we actually have more time anyway. And then because we have the tables, we can actually break it down. We're going to be doing some fun, fun things um, with charting. Um, there's, it, there's a fun thing where, where you look at Adam and realize how long he lived and for years, I, I never put Adam and Noah even in the same stratosphere. And actually, they're, they're actually fairly close to each other. And so some people ask, well, why is Adam mentioned? But then all these other patriarchs aren't. Well, it's because Adam was still alive when all these people lived. And so Adam was still the high, high man on the total pole. And so we'll walk through a lot of those to, to help make sense, make sense of that. And then as we look at some of the figures in Genesis chapter before the flood, you'll realize that a lot of them are living 800, 900 years. So they are spanning an entire section of your timeline. So they overlap on each other um, quite a bit. After the flood, um, man's age just plummets. And we'll walk through why, why that most likely is the case. Um, so any questions on this morning at all? All right, anybody going to be bringing friends so we can warm this place up? And then we'll tell them to go when summer gets close. We'll just say it's too hot in here. Okay. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to study your word. We thank you for, for the Bible. We thank you for scripture. We thank you for the truth that is found in your words. Heavenly Father, I pray that um, as we um, study your word, that um, we don't just listen and study for study's sake, but that we actually do what it says. We apply it in our life. Heavenly Father, um, I pray that you give us wisdom um, to see the Bible the way you see it. Um, illuminate um, different areas for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us have a different path, a different um, background. And so I just pray that um, your word will speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each person in here. We thank you for those who will be attending at future times. Heavenly Father, we just pray for the next five months that um, we can grow closer um, um, in your word and, and discover things that we've um, never seen before. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. One thing I did forget to tell for those who weren't at the mine, we are also going to be bringing in outside biblical sources. So there's going to be times where it's necessary to look at some statements by Josephus or Tacitus or Suetonius or some of these other historians because you'll find out, even though they're not inerrant, it does bring a little color. Oh, Moses was actually the general of the Egyptian army. Well, that makes sense now why he did what he did and why he was so comfortable moving. And so all these all these type of things start to make sense. So, oh, it's Janus. Um, Who's he and what's he have to do with Pilate? Oh, well, now that makes sense why Pilate reacted to the Jewish people the way he did. Okay? And so we'll bring those color. And, and then when major world events are happening, we'll put those on the timeline for you so you can go, all right, so the Great Wall of China was built at the same time this person in the Bible was doing his thing and Socrates and was doing his thing and um, the Iliad and the Odyssey was written in 900, right around when Solomon was teaching. Was all, all these kind of things, we'll start bringing those um, in as well. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for coming. Um, for those going to third service, Bill did a great job. So head on over there.